last week we kicked off a new series and we're calling this series Basic. And if you weren't here last week, I'm about to brief you on what we discussed. Uh, last week we opened up this series by talking about the idea of repentance. And that, that's a big concept and a big topic because basic is not easy, basic is not simple, basic is foundational. And so we're covering the things that we believe are foundational for your faith. And if you don't know them, that's okay. You don't know because no one has taught you. As, as you learned last week, the only reason I'm an amazing tractor driver is because someone took the time to teach me. And I am. We talked about repentance and what it means to turn from sin and to turn towards Christ. And we talked about the fact that this wasn't a dirty, angry word. This was a word God uses to set his people free. And so if you weren't here, go back and watch that one. And, and this week we're taking our next step on our basic tour. And today we're going to talk about two words that I had promised myself I would never ever use in church. But I'm going to. The two words we're going to talk about today are this. Justification and sanctification. And, and if you think, you know, I'm just showing off because I've got my master's degree... <laughs> That's not what's happening. These are honestly important words, and we need to understand them. And, and the truth is, I've been using these words in 8,000 different ways over the last 11 years to try to get this concept across. But today, we're going to actually talk about these two words, justification and sanctification. And if you're here today and you've never heard of this, I am so glad. Like, you cannot imagine the joy I have that I get to share something so beautiful with you today. And if you're here today and you've heard of these a thousand times and you're like, I've been through Emmaus, I know all this stuff, humble yourself. Because today we're going to hear it with fresh ears. And I'm believing that God's going to do something new even with something old. Justification. Romans 5, 1 and 2 says this. Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ though whom we have gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand and we boast in the hope of the glory of God. Okay, it says we have been justified through faith. So, so to understand this, you must understand that apart from God, we are, we are not a little bit broken, we are not a little bit damaged, we are completely dead. Apart from God, there is no hope from our life. And sin is what separates us from God. God created a perfect place, and we chose sin. And even if Adam and Eve hadn't messed it up, by the time it got to me, I can promise you I would have messed it up. Amen. <laughs> I normally like it when he does that. <laughs> but I mean, it's, it's true. Like, like sin has affected us all, and sin separates us from God. God is holy, and God is righteous, and God is perfect, and he, he cannot be in the presence of sin. And we sinned, and so this, this bond that was meant to exist, where we walked in the cool of the morning with God face to face, it was broken and damaged. We were, we were legally speaking, sentenced to death. We were away from God. We weren't who we were designed to be. But because of God's incredible grace, he found a way to make us righteous. He offered us a way back into relationship with him. And that way was through giving ourselves to Jesus Christ. See, because of the sin of one man, all people were doomed. But through the righteousness of one man, Jesus Christ, all were saved. So, so, so to illustrate this, I, I want to show you something. These are the sins 
I carried in my life before I knew Christ. This one said lust. This one says pride. Approval of man. And by the way, I'm not using generic sins. These are real. This was me in many ways. This is still a struggle for me. Uh, Drugs, this was something I used to cope with with my sin, with cope with my life, and it actually became part of my identity. I was known as drugs, whether in my mind or in the minds of others. Selfish, this was a big one for me. Alcohol, this was another one I used to cope with everything in my life. It became part of my identity, part of, part of who I was. People began to know me for this, so this one gets clipped on. Liar, this was a really big one for me. The truth was not in me at all, alone. Because the truth was I wasn't really known by anyone. And this was my identity before Christ. All these things. Most importantly, this was my identity before Christ. Death. Death ruled me. All of these things were just evidence of the fact that I was dead. See, I I have come to believe this. Before I surrendered my life to Christ, I was not okay. I was an enemy of God. I was ruled by death. There was no life in me. I had some minor fear of consequences, but honestly, not much. I had no respect for the authority and the power of God. I had no awe for who he was. I was an enemy of God. And this, death, was my master. And these things were the minions who belonged to the master. And then there came a day where I surrendered my life to Jesus Christ. Romans 10, 9 says this. If you declare with your mouth Jesus is Lord, and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified. It's with your mouth that you profess and are saved. All right, so there there came a day where all of these things were in me, and this is who I was, but I got so sick and tired of being so sick and tired. I got so, uh, the, the pain of these sins became greater than the reward I was receiving. So there came a day in my life where I actually got down on my hands and knees, and I surrendered my life to Christ. And when that happened, I went from dead to alive. This is what it means to be justified. Death no longer ruled me. Christ now ruled me. That's what the crown means, ruled by Christ. Uh, By the way, this says (laughs) the word alive on it. I had asked a friend of mine to make me a crown, and I texted them with voice text. And I said, please make me a crown and put the word alive on it. (laughs) So I would like to say there's some deep spiritual meaning for this. But because I voice texted it, and and my text is incredibly reverent because it belongs to me, uh, it capitalized the word and alive. And so she did exactly what I asked her to do. She made me a crown with the word alive (laughs) on it. (laughs) But I think it's funny, so I kept it. But I mean, this is me, right? But I'm alive. See, I am justified. There is a spiritual change between me and God. Things are now different. I am no longer ruled by death. So I I, I prayed that prayer. I got up off my knees. I am saved. God and I are good, but there's a problem. Does anyone know what the problem is? Can you see what the problem is? All this stuff 
is still stuck to my flesh. Maybe you experienced this. Maybe, maybe you went and you prayed this prayer because you were going through some times and, and you were experiencing some difficulty. You prayed your prayer and you got up and you were like, what the heck? I still have those desires. I still, I still struggle with the same coping mechanisms. Matter of fact, drugs and alcohol are the only way I know to cope with my pain. I've conditioned myself since I was 14 years old to hide my insecurity by being the drunkest person at the party. I don't. And then, even after I gave my life to Christ, the enemy stuck a new one on me. I don't know where he stuck it. I'll just put it right there. Divorced. That was a label I got after. Well, how can that be? Perfect Christians don't get divorced. You're right. Broken ones do. And it happened to me. And now I'm... I don't understand. I don't understand how I can be saved, but all these things are still in me. See, sin no longer reigned, but sin still remained. Christ was in charge. And then something even stranger happened. Like I began to pursue Christ, even in the midst of all these things. And I began to get some new things stuck to me. Patient. I began to get some new things stuck to me, like purity. I began to get this one. This is a crazy one for me. Humility. I began to get some new things stuck to me. Kindness began to get stuck to me. Loving others began to get stuck. Not just for what I could get out of them. But actually just loving them, that began to get stuck to me. And selflessness began to get stuck to me. And secure in Christ began to get stuck to me. And faith began to get stuck to me. And so now I'm in love with Christ. He's my leader and he's my master. And now I've got all these incredible things stuck to me. But do you still see a problem? Now I've got all this in one place. Has anyone experienced this? You ever been on this fence? And do you know what I feel inside of me? I'll never forget this. Uh, Jeff calls me and says, come out here and be the pastor of grace. And I'm like, okay, great. And, you know, because Christ is in charge. And so I quit my job and, and I'm being selfless and I, I give my money away and all these things. And I move out here and I'm sitting in this house by myself. This is me. But so is this. Under the reign of Christ. But sin still stuck to my flesh. And you know what I was? I'm going to be honest with you. Because sometimes church says, pray that prayer and everything's going to be okay. Let me tell you what I was. Miserable. Because there was a war going on inside of me. My spirit, my new spirit that God had given me, man, it was beautiful. But the flesh was still there. Y'all ever fought this fight? Galatians 517. This is such a beautiful scripture. It says, For the flesh de desires what is contrary to the spirit, and the spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They are in conflict with each other, so that you are not to do whatever you want. As I am being sanctified, there's this battle inside of me. And the evidence that I have been justified, if you ever wonder, how do I know if I'm saved? The way that you know that you are saved, the way that you know that you are justified is that you are becoming sanctified. That's the evidence that God did what God said he was going to do. And so as I am becoming 
sanctified, as I am becoming Christ-like, as I am becoming holy, as I am becoming righteous, as I am becoming what I was made, there's this war in me, but something's happening because now these things aren't what they used to be for me. This thing right here and this thing right here and heck, where's lust? This thing right here, these used to be coping mechanisms for me. Not only were they coping mechanisms, I would brag about these things. Like I would brag about my sexual conquest. I would brag about being drunk or stoned for three and four days as if that was something. As if that made me a man. Like I would brag to my friends about it. And they would, yeah, that's awesome. But now those things aren't working for me. What's happened? I used to get this broken sense of joy from these things, and now I'm trying them and they're doing nothing. And they begin to fall off. Not because I've now gained some amazing willpower, but because the Holy Spirit is actually doing something inside of me. And the things that used to bring me joy are now actually bringing me pain. It's almost as if my conscience has been replaced with the Spirit of God. And I'm being changed. And there's a battle going on. And I'm being changed. And when I'm obedient, when I don't see it, I'm being changed. And when I, when I obey the will of God, when it's counter to my desire, I'm being changed. And the more I get to him, the closer I get to him, the more some of these things begin to drop off. And suddenly, I don't care about the approval of man so much. And suddenly, I'm realizing I have nothing to be proud about. Because apart from Christ, I am broke, poor, and pitiful, and wretched. It's only through him. And slowly but surely, these things begin to fall off. They're still around. I can pick them back up and stick them on anytime I want. They're still there. There's always that option. Because the new man has the choice to keep acting like the old man. But I want to say this, and I want you to hear it. But if the new man continually acts like the old man and there's no struggle, the new man needs to question whether or not he was ever really made new. The existence of this struggle doesn't mean God doesn't work. The existence of this struggle means God is working inside of me. People think, well, why, why do I still struggle with desires? Because you're flesh. But why do I hate the things I struggle with? Because you're spirit. <laughs> But, but what I want to do what I'm not supposed to do because you're flesh. But I hate what I used to do because you're spirit. And so there is this battle. And, and the battle is evidence that God is doing exactly what he said he was going to do. He's becoming alive in you. Philippians 2, 12. I love this. This is a verse, man. It says, therefore, my dear friends, as you have always obeyed, not only in my presence, but now much more in my absence, Continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you to will and to act in the order to fulfill his good purpose. Continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. Like, as I thought about that verse this week, I remember laying in that house in Sardis when I'd come out here to be the pastor, which, by the way, I should not have been a pastor of a church. <laughs> But I remember laying on the floor, working out my salvation with fear and trembling. Because I, I didn't know what to do. I couldn't go where I used to go. I couldn't hang out with who I used to hang out with. 
I couldn't act like I used to act. So I'm working out my salvation. I, have, I am saved. Christ is my Lord. I am righteous, but I am becoming righteous. And so I'm working this stuff out with fear and trembling. And most people, they don't ever make it to this point. Most people stop. That's why the Bible says the road is narrow and few people will travel it. Because for most people, when they get to this point, they say, well, God isn't working. He didn't do what he said he was going to do. Look at this. I got divorced. God didn't do what he said he was going to do. He lied to me. He didn't give me what he said he was going to do. My loved one still died. This still happened. I still have this addiction. I'm still, God, you didn't do what you said you were going to do. This is false. This isn't real. I want something new. Or it just, I guess, bores them righteousness because they, the broken sense of joy that they used to have from all these things is the only real joy they've ever known, and they have no idea that they're trading scraps for a feast. So for most people, they never make it past this point. But this is where you become a disciple. This point is where you become a disciple. Yeah, God, you know what? This did happen to me, but I'm still seeking your glory. And that is not who I am. That is something that happened to me. And God, you know what? Yes, I have lied eight million times, but I am not a liar. That is not who I am. Because I still believe you will redeem me. And God, I, I'm, I'm going to be changed. I'm going to keep fighting. And you know what? God, I have been the most selfish person I have ever met. But that is no longer who I am. Because I will not be defined by my sin. I will be defined by your glory. And God, you know what? I have felt alone my entire life. But I'm not alone anymore. I am not alone anymore. I am alive. I am alive. And before long, these things actually become who you are. But it's not overnight, and it's not easy, and it's not simple, and you have to fight for these things. But for the per person who will stay the course, for the person who will fight, for the person who will keep moving, for the person who will forgive themselves, you will become a disciple. You will become a disciple. And what is evidence that you are being sanctified. If, if sanctification is evidence of justification, what's the evidence that you're being sanctified? Here it is right here. 1 John 3, 14. We know that we have passed from death to life because we love one another. Well, I thought the evidence was I memorized the Bible and kept all Ten Commandments and knew the entire Jewish blah, blah, blah. No, no, no. The evidence that you are becoming like Christ is that you love one another. So, if you believe you have been justified and you believe you are being sanctified, but you hate everyone who doesn't believe what you believe, you need to go back to step one. The evidence is that we begin to love people. We actually begin to love others more than we love ourselves. That's the evidence. How many of y'all know this doesn't happen overnight? But slowly but surely, this begins to become who you are. The evidence that you're being sanctified is you begin to understand grace. You begin to actually show grace to other people. And the surest sign that you have received grace is this. You are graceful with those around you. It's not that you have the Bible memorized. It's that you are graceful with those people around you. And we never stop working. And we never stop repenting. And we never stop being changed. 
And God continues to give purity to the man who is ruled by lust, to give patience to the man who is ruled by pride, to give humility to the man who is ruled by self, to give kindness to people who only cared about what they wanted, to give the most insecure people in the world security in Christ, selflessness, faith, and there will come a day, guys, there will come a day, because this is the end result of sanctification, there will come a day when this will be the only sign I will wear. There will come a day when all of my stains will be washed away. There will come a day when no one will ever know the Tommy that was in college. I won't be remembered for that. There will come a day when I will once again stand face to face with God, chosen, sacred, righteous, and clean. On the day I gave my life to Christ, I became justified. And on the day when Christ and I stand face to face, I will be holy. So will you. And that is what it means to be sanctified.